In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is what we really want. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes it's difficult to understand what you really, really want. There's a a sort of story about a man who decides that he is going to get into shape. He's going to start eating a little bit healthier. And so he decides that he is going to give up all of the junk food that he used to eat. And he's going to give up all of the soda that he used to drink. And he's going to live a much more healthy lifestyle without those things in his life. And he begins to then find other things that he can eat. Uh, celery and carrots and things that are healthy for him and he gets a couple of days into it and he's sitting there in front of the TV and he says, you know honey it's really strange because I really, really want to be healthier but none of the advertisements want me to be. Sometimes it's tough to know what we really want. We can come at life and say we want to be healthier, we want to be better, we want to be whatever. But then sometimes we can get distracted a little bit by maybe an advertisement that we see on TV or maybe something that we hear somebody else say. We can get sort of lodged off of course. And it's really easy for us to do that. We tend to be very sort of ADHD with our strong resolve to do certain things in our lives. And oftentimes following God's commands and following what God has for us, that's one of those things that we say, well, yeah, we really want to do that. But, uh, look, a squirrel. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's very easy for us to get very distracted very quickly. And that is what this section of 1 Corinthians 10 is all about that we just read. Paul is writing to these people who are the church in Corinth, the Christians of Corinth, probably one of the very first churches that Paul ever started, that Paul ever preached the gospel to, and who said, we believe in this Jesus Christ. And they've gone for a little while there. And it's been very easy, it seems, for them to get distracted. Because, you see, the city of Corinth at the time was really probably a lot like Las Vegas or Reno. It was not necessarily the place where it was very easy to seclude yourself from all of those things that would tempt you. In fact, in the city of Corinth, it was very easy to become tempted by all sorts of things. Corinth was a very cosmopolitan city. It had all sorts of opportunities for you to go astray from God's Word, including temple prostitutes that were around every corner, including food that was offered to idols that then got sold in fast food chains, basically, within the market. You had all of these things that the Corinthians were beset with every day when they just walked through their normal life. And honestly, that's the way that it is for our normal lives. If you think about it this week, try to see if you can walk around the city of Tallahassee or wherever you are, try to see if you can walk around without seeing one advertisement. 
It will be impossible for you to do it. It will be impossible for you to do it for an hour. It will be unlikely for you to walk around Tallahassee and not see an advertisement within 15 minutes. You might be able to do it, but it's unlikely. All around us we have things that are clamoring for us, things that are saying, pick me, choose me. And sometimes those things aren't necessarily the things that God would have us choose. Recently, there's a company that has just started a television ad campaign for a website called AshleyMadison.com. Do you guys know of this? AshleyMadison.com is a dating service, which we're kind of okay with, you know, eHarmony and whatever. But Ashley Madison is a special, very nefarious kind of dating service. It is a dating service for married people. Yeah, married people. Married people don't need a dating service uh, unless it's something to help them go on a date every week. But that's out there. That's something that's clamoring for your attention. Something that wants you to take a look at it and maybe even be brought off of God's course with. And there's all sorts of stuff out there that does the same. All sorts of stuff. And that's what's going on here in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to these Corinthians who have taken a little little bit of license (laughs) with their town. They've said, well, we're followers of Christ. And we know what Paul has said about this grace-filled religion that has come amongst us. They're saying, we know this Jesus Christ, and we know that He has forgiven our sins, and that is fantastic, because now we are going to go out and we are going to eat at the idle McDonald's. We are going to go and check out the temple prostitutes on the weekend. We are going to go and do all of these things, and we can, because Jesus loves us. And Paul is writing to them saying, you missed something. You missed something. And it's a good thing for us to hear too. Because all too often we sound a lot like the Corinthians. Where we say, well you know, everything is okay. We're Christians. We can do whatever we want to. But that's missing something. And Paul goes on telling the Corinthians what they're missing. He says, you're missing out on a lot of your Old Testament history, is basically what he's saying. He's saying, let me condense some of of Exodus and Numbers together for you. See, there was this long history of the people of Israel wandering around in the wilderness doing very stupid things for a very long time. And still receiving God's grace. But doing very, very dumb things. They would go around and they would receive God's grace out of this rock that would provide for them water. This rock that God said, if you strike this rock, Moses, water will come from it and you may drink of it. And the Israelites said, oh, well, that's fantastic. That's good. Thank you very much. And then they said, well, okay, that's good, but um, now we, we want to do some other stuff. And it's interesting that one of the first things that 
that Paul brings up here is this, it's seemingly, it's deceptive. It's very deceptive, the thing that Paul brings out. There's this Bible verse in there, in, 2 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 10, where it says, They rose up to play. Well, that sounds very nice, and you know, you can get this picture of somebody going to a playground, and they rose up to play, and it sounds very, very nice. Unfortunately, the thing that Paul is really talking about there is when the Israelites created the golden calf, while Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, the people down the mountain were putting together this golden calf, which they were celebrating by... um, Playing in the same way that Ashley Madison might be playing. It was a disgusting show of just saying, you know, we don't really care what you have to say, God. We don't really care. We know what we want. We, we know what's best for us. Yeah, you've got these rules and that's cute and all, but um, we know what's good. And how often do we say the same thing? Where we take a look at the beautiful life that God has constructed for us, in His laws, in the way that He wants us to live our lives for ourselves and for our neighbor, and we say, yeah, that's, that's all well and good, but yeah, it's not for me. See, what I really want is to serve myself. What I really want is for this whole thing to be all about me. That, that's what I, I really want. That's what is the top priority in my life. And God says, no, um, if you do that, you will end up destroying yourself. It's like a little child who says, well, all I want to eat is sugar. That's it. Nothing else, just sugar. Sugar, plain, is fine for me. It's like that. Sometimes when we say, I know what's best for me, I know what I really want. And what God wants for me, I I don't really want that. I know what I really want. And God knows that about us. He knows that that was the problem for the Corinthians. That they were saying, well, what I really want is I really want to go and I want to eat this food that's offered to idols. What I really want is I want to go down the street and I want to go and I want to play with um, a different religion or maybe go to a necromancer or go to somebody who can tell me my fortune or tell me what my great-great-uncle has to tell me from beyond the grave. That's what the Corinthians were all about. And maybe for you it's something different, but there's something in your life that you're saying to God, no, that's okay, what I really want is this. And God knows that that's in your life. And it's really silly to think that He doesn't know that. But in some ways, in fact, in the most important way, it's a very good thing that he knows that about you. 
He knew he knows that thing that you're saying, well, I really want this. Because he knows that that's a problem in your life, and he knows that that's something that he will have to forgive you for. He knows that that's something that he's probably already forgiven you once for, and he'll probably have to do it again. But he comes to this world with a very interesting message. Because while we're sticking our fingers in our ears and saying, I know what I really want, I know what I really want, and I don't want God, He comes to this earth and He says, I know what I really want, I know what I really want, and I want you. And I want you so much that I'm willing to die on a cross in order to forgive your sins. I want you so much that I'm willing to have them beat me to a pulp to forgive your sins. I want you so much that I'm willing to have my friends betray me. I'm willing to do all sorts of things just so that I can have you with me for eternity. What I really want, God says, is you. And I'm willing to pay whatever cost it takes to have you. And that's what He said about you. That's what He said about you when He died on that cross. That's what He said about you when He rose again from the tomb to proclaim that it had been done, the price had been paid. That what He really wants is purchased and bought. And that's you. And because of that, that doesn't just give you license to go and do whatever you want to. But because of that, you can spend eternity, beginning today, eternity, seeing what it's like to follow in the path that He really wants for us. Amen.